It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3. Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. With financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Hey, good morning, folks. Thanks for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard, your host and one of the advisors on the show, as well as Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory, my fellow financial advisors and business partners over at KFG. Yeah, every fall, most employers present their employees with the options of the employee benefits available to them so they can make the selections for their upcoming year, what type of benefits they might or might not want. So with it being that time of the year, think open enrollment, we're spending most of today's program talking about the different types of uh, benefits that employers offer and which ones you might want to sign up for and which ones you might want to avoid. And we're excited about it. It's tedious stuff, but this is critically important in your financial life. Oh, yes. so, uh, folks, this is your show. Go to wisemoneyradio.com to submit a question or give us a call at 574-222-2000 and give us that feedback as well. Lastly, join the conversation on Facebook at Wise Money Radio to get updates on the show, see podcast updates and question of the week and all of that. You can even leave a question right there at uh, Wise Money Radio on Facebook. So, Okay, folks, as Kevin said, the first portion of the program, we're going to be tackling a question from Larry that's focused on employee benefits. So here's what Larry said. Larry's from Edwardsburg. He's age 52. I just received my benefits enrollment packet from my company for next year. I've always wondered what I should be selecting. Should I do the voluntary life insurance? What about the flexible spending account? Good question. I'm not sure what makes the most sense in my situation or if some of them are good or some are bad. Thanks. Yeah, what a great question. Thanks for the question, Larry. I think actually most people who work for an employer that offers benefits of any kind are facing this exact same question. You know, most of you may be thinking that when the fall rolls around, it's time for the World Series or it's football season, maybe hunting season for some of you. But if you're a human resources professional or a financial advisor... It's time for vacation? Uh, apparently for oh. you, you're out next week, right? <laughs> no, I'm talking about employee benefits season. And I, I'm a little embarrassed that I just said that out loud, but yeah. this is how we think, right? Yep. And, uh, you, you know, you really need to be paying attention to this narrow window of time because your employer is going to put some choices in front of you and you'll have to make some decisions that you have to live with for really the next year, maybe longer in some cases. So it's a big deal because if you make the wrong choices, you may be leaving your family exposed to some unnecessary risks. Uh, maybe the risk that your family loses a key breadwinner and uh, there's not life insurance proceeds to, to take care of the family. Or maybe that same breadwinner loses their paycheck because of a disability, an injury or something. And uh, maybe you could be left exposed to some unaffordable health care costs because you didn't pick the right health care option under your employer's plan. So these are these are a big deal, and we also don't want you to be exposed to more taxes than necessary. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, taking advantage of retirement plans or flexible spending accounts, I'm glad that Larry is paying attention to this deal, um, th this choice that's in front of him, because there are some very valuable employee benefits that could be very valuable tools for your financial plan. 
Yeah. So what's what's uh, what's your approach to this? I would just ask you to think about. I mean, when you get this choice in email or in the mail saying, uh, okay, do you want this health insurance or that, this life coverage or that, do you want the disability coverage, do you actually spend much time thinking about it? In fact, do you also take it the further step and sit down and talk to a financial professional about what makes the most sense in your situation? I, I would just have you think about that because the the benefits offered through your employer are typically foundational. I mean, they're really the bedrock of a lot of your financial life. Uh, and as Josh was already mentioning, so, well, there's six areas to your financial life, your present financial position, and the benefits that you select influence your take-home pay. So it affects that area. Yep. It affects your protection plan a lot because you're selecting things like health insurance or disability insurance, sometimes long-term care. Uh, so that's critically important. Um, tax shelters are a part of your employee benefits. So tax planning is hit. Investment planning, retirement planning, if part of your benefit package is a 401k. So, and then estate planning, if part of your benefit is to provide for loved ones when, if you pass away. So this is, it's just critical. Well, it's so critical that it doesn't make sense to just leave it on autopilot. That's right. right. The decisions that you made years ago, you may just rubber stamp them and keep them in place unless your employer is making some big sweeping change with the health care plan or something like that where you have to revisit it. But we want you to choose to revisit it because we want you to stay fresh and current with your financial planning. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't revisit it because if you do something once a year, I, especially for me, I found as I get older, if I do something once a year, my my ability to really remember and to engage and, and do it well is somewhat limited. And so if you, if you don't spend your days thinking about uh, employee benefits, it, it can be really tough. So that's where we would say, well, lean into your HR department, but also to your financial planner. We're biased. We think everyone should have a financial planner. So we say, yeah, get get your financial planner and uh, sit down and say, hey, these are my choices. Can you help me make really good selections that fit with my plan? Yep. So we're going to uh, take a moment, Larry, within your question and dissect and pull apart some of the options that are available by most employers. So we obviously can't, you ask, you know, what's the most, what makes the most sense for your situation? We don't know your situation and the exact benefits offered at, at your employer, but let's cover some of the basics. And the first one is really that foundational one, and that is health insurance. So that's the most common employee benefit offered by most companies. So let's, let's talk about the health insurance choice in this, you know, enrollment season. Oh, that's a very hot topic. The, yeah. the uh, increases just came out and they said the average increase for an, an Obamacare plan or an affordable health care, whatever you want to call it, is about 25%. Yeah. And that's the average and most plans are well above average, two, three, four times that. So this is where, because you were talking about either hunting season or, you know, focusing on the World Series or that, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. Is there an election <laughs> too? There, you, there is an election. Oh. So everyone, uh, so people are starting to talk about this and say, hey, what do I do? And I need to make a uh, selection with my benefits for next year. So this is where I would encourage you to really, really, really engage and say, hey, what it, what are this is a maintenance issue and you might have a choice of a couple different plans depending on the size of your employer but what is my employer going to pay for what am i going to pay for and then what else 
could or should I be doing in addition to this? So you want to understand your the, your coverages, what you're going to be on the hook for, and if, if there's anything supplemental like a health savings account. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the health savings account because that to me is one of the biggest trends that's occurring. If your employer is changing the uh, health insurance plan or lineup of options for you, most likely they're adding one of these uh, as a selection. That's right? right. If you had a traditional health insurance plan available, most likely now you've got the option of that one. If the company just didn't pull it out of the option, you've got the choice between that one and a high deductible health plan. That's right. And the, the fact that it's a high deductible plan is hopefully beginning a change in our thinking to become more consumers of healthcare as opposed to just treating your health insurance as if it's a maintenance plan. You know, the, the health insurance company pays for all of my quick little visits to the doctor and, and things like that. And this is so important. I, I think it's important for changing the way healthcare is delivered in this country. I remember when we first got an HSA with Corhorn Financial Group, and it was at a, this is years ago when I was doing a lot of long distance running and I developed an injury. So I went to a specialist and um, it was a foot injury and he's telling me all these things that I need to do. I need to uh, have this image taken and then we need to do this injection and then this therapy and all that. And after I listened to it all, I said, well, doctor, how, how much is this going to cost? And he just stopped dead in his tracks like he'd never heard that question before. Yeah. And he said, oh, why? Do you not have insurance? And I said, well, yeah, I do, but it's a high deductible plan. So this is going to be out of my pocket. And he quickly backtracked and said, oh, well, we don't really need to do this image. And y you could do this therapy at home and try this stretching and you'll be fine. So for the cost of a tennis ball, I got my foot fixed, right? <laughs> Instead of all these hundreds of dollars that he was, he was laying out, all because I've treated it like a consumer. Yeah, and I think there's a, there's a great tax tip that comes with the HSA. And I don't think we're going to have time to get to it right now, but if we can pick that up uh, as soon as we come back here. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so we got more with health insurance as well as the other employee benefits that are typically available to you as an employee at your company because now is the time that you get to uh, make those selections for next year. So we're helping you do that here. More coming up on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Hey, good morning, folks. We're so glad to have you with us today. You're listening to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group right here on 95.3 MNC. My name's Mike, along with Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory in the MNC studios. And a special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the content of today's program. And today we're discussing, really, we're, we're pulling apart a question from Larry about employee benefits. So we're breaking down the most common employee benefits, what you need to know to make a good choice here. And the key point from the first segment was, hey, just don't put it on autopilot. Have an intentional thought process uh, around what you're selecting for this next year. So we're right in the middle of that. If you have a question or a comment about anything we're talking about, we want to hear from you. Go to wisemoneyradio.com and submit a question or a comment, or you can give us a call, 574-222-2000. Lastly, at Wise Money Radio on Facebook, you can reach us there as well. Okay, so Larry's question here, real quick, 
He's uh, 52 from Edwardsburg, said he just received his benefits enrollment packet from his company for next year, and he's wondering about what he should be selecting. Is something good? Should you avoid something? And we're going to be pulling that apart, talking through some of the most common benefits available. And we're hitting the most common right now, health insurance. And uh, we've talked about the emerging trend of more high deductible health plans. Kevin was just breaking down the health savings account. Well, so if you have a high deductible health plan and you want to know this from your employer, from your HR department, is my health plan HSA eligible? And if it is, there are a couple different ways that you can get money into your HSA. One is to set up the HSA and write a check and put the money in. Another way to do it is via payroll deduction. And I want you to pay attention to that because if you can do it that way, by doing it via payroll deduction, you save your half of your, let's call it FICA tax. So um, 7.65 of what you could put in. So if you could put in uh, $1,000 into your HSA and you did it via payroll deduction, you just saved yourself $76.50. That's an important thing, especially if you say, well, I'm putting in $6,000 because I've got a $12,000 deductible, so I need to be saving this money, and the best place to save it is into your HSA because it reduces your federal and state income taxes, but it can also, if done via payroll deduction, uh, reduce your FICA tax. You know, another place where you can use payroll deduction, and I, I love that recommendation, is an older type of a plan known as a flexible spending account. Right. Yep. This is this is another one of the benefits that your employer may be offering you, and if they are, then you have to make a decision each year on how much money do you want pay, pulled out of your paycheck to fund this reimbursement arrangement that you have with your employer. And you can kind of do the mental math each fall: how much do I think I'll spend on dental visits or eye care, and then your typical trips to the doctor, or prescriptions, and things. And you come up with a dollar amount that you think you'll reasonably spend, that you have confidence in. You don't want to go too aggressive, though, because when you decide to put part of your paycheck into this uh, arrangement, it's a use it or lose it, right? I mean, this is a phrase that's been around for years and years, and it kind of scares people into not really taking full advantage of this. And I, I want to caution against that because this is a sweet deal. I mean, it's, it's one of the ways to make your health care costs more affordable is by asking Uncle Sam to take a pay cut or a sacrifice and let you uh, pay for these expenses with tax-free dollars ultimately. That's right. And the, the, the use it or lose it, they have added some flexibility in the language. So now there's a grace period of two and a half months after. And, uh, well, your employer has to elect that, that uh -huh. you can use it uh, up to basically uh, into March a little bit. Um, but you can also leave a couple hundred dollars in. Your employer might select that. So there is some flexibility. The other thing to note with the flexible spending account as you're making this choice is there is the option of setting it up for child care, yeah. which I loved that when right. my kids were all in daycare. I was, I was using that feature. And there's also an option for helping with adoption assistance. And so just like you said, Josh, I mean, those, those items, both of those are expensive. Try and get some help from Uncle Sam and paying for them. Now, the other thing I would hit here, because you touched on the flexible spending right after we're talking about the HSA. Some companies, let's just say they're a bit progressive, have switched to a high deductible health plan that's HSA eligible, but still offer a flexible spending. Guys, I would suggest you use the HSA all day long instead of just the flex. 
if you've got that arrangement, your flexible turns into a limited flexible spending account where you can only use it on typically dental and vision. So I would just use the HSA given the choice. The HSA is not use it or lose it. It's your money. It's your account. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay, folks. So let, let's. Uh, so health insurance is one of the biggest. Uh, the next one that's maybe also very common, but can be pretty tricky, is about life insurance. A lot of companies do offer life insurance for their employees, but is that where you should have all of your life insurance? Kevin, let's break down some of those details. Well, that's a great question, Mike. One of the things you want to know is how much life insurance do I need? And there are a number of different ways, and we've talked about them on previous shows, but there are a number of different ways to calculate what that need is. And then you want to look at the life insurance through your employer versus what you could get outside of your employer. So if you have certain health issues that prevent you from getting health and life insurance outside of your employer benefits, then get it through your employer benefits and buy up as much as you can. That said, if you are a picture of health, USDA prime, A number one, um, your, <laughs> your height and weight uh, are in the right proportions, then I would consider getting private insurance, if you will. Yeah. And, then, and then the question is, well, do I have a temporary need or a permanent need? So, um, but if you're young and healthy, a lot of times it makes sense to load up on term insurance. Young and, young and healthy, uh, likely also in your scenario is uh, most of your goals your financial goals are unfunded and the, and the survivor need is the greatest at that point in time. Yeah. I, I like the idea that you're bringing up here that if you're, if you're healthy and can get life insurance outside of your employer, you should do so. And the reason being is oftentimes the life insurance that you're paying for through this employee benefit, that cost increases every single year. And if you can lock, if you're young and healthy and you can lock in your cost at a fixed rate today and fix that rate over the next 20 or 30 years, that's often going to be a better deal for you over your lifetime. Well, I would also point out the risk of you changing employers at some point. But a I lot mean, of them are portable now. They, they are, but there's yeah. a hassle factor there, right? Exactly. And, and a risk that you mess something up and or you forget to fill out the right forms to take your life insurance with you. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. The, the thought of having your life insurance out separate from your employer benefits that has appealed to me just from a practicality standpoint. Yeah, I threw a little jargon in there. By portable, most life insurance, if you were to leave that company or even get fired, typically you're allowed to pay a certain amount and continue that life insurance with you typically. But just like Josh said, I've seen this over and over again when people transition jobs. There is just a, a component there of hassle, of work, when you're trying to make other big adjustments. Typically, yeah. you just don't worry about the life insurance. Another thing, too, with employer-sponsored life insurance is that it's kind of a, a mixed bag. There are, I've seen it where it is very, very, very affordable, and I've seen it where it's very, very, very expensive. So if you said, am I best buying it from my employer, I'd say, well, you, you have to look at what your employer's offering because some employers have very competitive rates within their uh, employer-sponsored plan. and some don't. Well, so the first thing we said is you got to know the right amount of insurance for you. So definitely tune into that. Second though, you need to get the right type. And this is one of my gripes with employer benefits is they often offer life insurance and that title, that phrase catches people's attention. But before that are the initials A, D, and D. 
And folks, uh, yeah. that's a very different type of life insurance, has very specific purposes. And so I wouldn't consider that your normal life insurance coverage that you should carry. Well, and I think we need to define what that is. It, the ADND stands for Accidental Death and Dismemberment, right? Yep. So it pays out if you die by cause of an accident, not you know, due to some health concern or, or something like that. Yeah, cancer or something like that, it wouldn't pay out. And so for life insurance, typically you're, you're transferring risk, you're paying an insurance company to, to compensate or reimburse your family if you happen to pass away. Not only if you pass away from these couple causes. Yeah, and sometimes it looks appealing because you look and you say, oh, I can get a half million dollars of AD&D for uh, $3 a month. That's fabulous. I want to load up on that. And you say, here's what you need to think about. Why do you think it is so inexpensive? And life insurance companies always make money. So you say it's inexpensive because the odds of you actually dying versus an accidental death, uh, they're, they're fairly low. Tricky stuff, folks. We're, we're going to hit more with life insurance as well as hit the granddaddy of them all, in my opinion, which is disability insurance. That's coming up as well as more here on Wise Money with Corhorn Finance Group. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Hey, good morning, folks. Thanks for tuning in to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. My name's Mike, joined by Josh and Kevin. Uh, Casey's here, too. He's just a little silent today. Uh, He's waving at you. Folks, uh, thanks to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with REMAX 100 for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. Today, we're talking about the various types of employee benefits that are available to you, helping you make a wise choice when you get that offer, uh, typically in November, December, about what benefits you want to select for next year. If you have a question for the show, go to wisemoneyradio.com. Give us a call, 574-222-2000, or check us out at Wise Money Radio on Facebook. All right, so we are tackling a question from Larry, who basically said, hey, I just got my benefits enrollment packet in the mail, and I've got to make some choices for next year. Are there good choices and bad choices? And we talked through health insurance. We just got done talking through life insurance, and we're about to hit disability insurance first. Kevin, was there more you wanted to say with life insurance or just... uh... Well, I think um, my ADHD reminded (laughs) me of a story about AD Andy. Yep. And uh, so my dad worked with a group of guys, and one of the guys that he worked with died in an accident. And he had signed up for the maximum amount of AD&D coverage. And so it paid out and his widow got this enormous amount of money. And so all of the guys that he worked with every year when it came time to elect their benefits signed up for the maximum amount of AD&D because, because of their experience, and this is what we tend to do, we have an experience and so we project that and we say, well, this happened, therefore it's going to happen again and it's likely going to happen to me. Therefore, I'm going to buy a bunch of coverage to protect against it. Yeah, I mean, the point is accidents do happen, right? And so AD&D has its, has its place. However, I just wouldn't want my wife to be able to pay off the mortgage if I die from an accident 
but not be able to pay off the mortgage if I die from cancer. Yeah, that's a, it's a good point. I, I've been tempted to look into accidental death and dismemberment because I'm pretty convinced that I'm going to die on my tractor. Oh, you think so? I, I thought, so. you know, the, the drive from the office, Kevin usually drives from the office to the station here. And we had All an incident this morning. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> we had an incident this morning that may, maybe we should uh, look into that ourselves. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, Kevin. I, I've had some scary moments on my tractor as well. And, uh, uh, it's tempting to to have a bigger payout for my family if I do go that way, but at the very least, I've started wearing adult diapers when I wear the, when I ride that thing because is that I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to flip it at one of these points. That is what I smell, so that explains yeah. it. Okay, but I am the only guy in the studio who has rolled a tractor. Okay, really, to be told later. All right, I'll be bragging about that. But however, that's a good <laughs> that's a good segue actually to disability because disability insurance is is probably probably the most important type of insurance, maybe health insurance is more important, but disability is one of the most important parts of your overall protection plan. And what I've found is if you work at a company who offers disability insurance, you're more likely to get it than if you work at a company that doesn't offer it. Sure. But yet it's a critical part. One myth that I would bust right there is Josh, it, a lot of employers or a lot of employees think that disability policies only pay out if they're injured on the job. No, that's workman's comp. Oh, yeah, right. So if you roll your tractor and are disabled, your normal disability policy will cover that, I want to say stupidity, right? <laughs> Even though it didn't happen at the <laughs> office. So disability insurance is a really critical choice you need to make this year on your benefits election. And I would, as we're talking about disability, I would encourage you to think because a lot of times these decisions are driven by price and I would encourage you to work with your financial planner to say what do I need so determine what you need first and then find out the best way to buy it and a lot of times if you have a good disability policy through your employer that is hands down the cheapest way to get it versus going out on your own we talked about life insurance and we said it can it's Kind of a crapshoot. You could be it could be cheaper through, through the employer or more expensive through the employer. It makes sense to have your own life insurance with disability, and because you can only replace so much of your income. Think income replacement. A lot of times, if you are at an employer and you're planning on staying for the next year, they've got a plan that you couldn't buy outside of work yep. for anything near what you can pay through work and get that. But here's the thing that you'd want to dive into the details on related to your disability policy. You want to know what is their definition of disabled, right? So, so what's going to be the triggering um, status that will actually have this uh, policy paying out a replacement paycheck to you if you got disabled? There's some out there that say you're only disabled if you just flat out can't work, can't do anything. At all, right? That would be Social Security's definition of dis disability. Others may be far more generous and say, uh, we'll pay out if you can't do the primary role of your job or your occupation. Yep. That would be a lot easier trigger for some people to hit. And, and you want to know, well, what has to happen for me to pay out? And then how long will it pay out? Will it go for just a couple years? Will it pay out until I'm 65? Um, what, what is the, the length of time that this benefit could last? Well, that's why sometimes I irritate my, the clients that I serve because they ask that question. Then I say, all right, well, let's talk through the variables or the details of your disability policy at work. And they look at me with kind of the eyes glossed over and say, what do you mean the details? But there are some critical variables that you need to know about to really assess the type of coverage that you have. 
Yeah, and one of the things Joshua talked about was own occupation. So if I have a very specific occupation, if I cannot perform those functions and do that, am I disabled? So you want to look at whether it covers your own occupation. And then another feature that you would like to have in there is what's something called gradual recovery. So if I'm disabled and I can go back to work part-time, can I still get some sort of benefits? A lot of this stuff was changing right as I was getting into the business, and they had what was they referred to as the DAM claims, drug, alcohol, medical, nervous claims. And they completely changed the disability insurance industry and they changed the policy. So instead of a, hey, you, the disability will pay till age 65, now it's only a five-year deal. Yeah. And so you, wanna, you really do want to dig in because sometimes it's a little frustrating. And this is why I say be tough. If you're out there and you're thinking, I don't want to look at my disability stuff, be tough. Look at your look at your disability program through work. Look at what's available outside of work. Talk to your financial advisor and make sure you've got that covered. Because if you if it was a toss up between spending money for disability versus life insurance, depending on your age and when you need it, you need your income replaced much more so than life insurance proceeds. And just real quick, we've got a few other we need to hit here, but I'm not a big fan of short-term disability. That seems like that it should be funded through an emergency fund. Giving up some money out of your paycheck every single week for a short-term disability, I'd rather have you transfer the big risks, not those small risks. So that's my take there. Another one we're going to hit real quick is uh, the retirement plan, your 401k or simple IRA or something like that. That's often part of that employee benefits enrollment that you get to select. Now, we're going to carve out next week's show to talk about various types of retirement plans, but I'll just leave you with two pieces of advice. As you select, as you make your election for next year, I'd consider two things. First, should you be contributing to the Roth component instead of the traditional? And... Whatever you're contributing right now, consider increasing it by 1% for next year. You won't even feel it except when you're 65. Or so. a similar strategy. Some people will take a pay raise that they receive yep. in the year and say, you know what? I'm used to living the way I am right now. I don't need that pay raise. It's all going into the retirement plan. And I'd consider this the equivalent of lifting a little bit heavier weight in the gym. That's right. Keep pushing yourself. You'll get stronger. Okay, yep. so let's let's spend just the last couple of moments here rapid fire on some other miscellaneous employee benefits. We've hit the most common ones, but there's a few others that some companies offer. So guys, what do you think of long-term care insurance? If it's offered by a company, should you should the employee elect it? Depends on the price and depends on if you live in Indiana or not. Because Indiana has a partnership program, which you really need to understand and decide whether or not you want to take advantage of it or not. Yeah, great point. And also depends on your health, because if you can get it without having to go through medical underwriting, you might want to do that. Uh, Second, here's a big one, controversial. What do you guys think about AFLAC? AFLAC is really not disability insurance. It's sort of, but sort of not. So wouldn't you gather that it is from the commercials though? Yeah, you would think so. You would think so. That duck is going to send you money (laughs) if uh, you're you have an accident and can't work, right? I've seen it pay out for people. I haven't seen it pay out for a lot of people. Yep. Yeah, it's a tool. So uh, we don't look at tools and say they're good or bad tools. We just say, what's the job and what is the right tool? And the last one here, we're not really going to dissect much, but there's an emerging trend out there for companies, instead of offering a 401k and 401k match, 
to just match your student loan payment. And I personally am not a big fan of that. I'd rather have you find a different goal or a different strategy to achieve that goal, a debt snowball or something to really knock that out because you need those retirement dollars and match dollars to go towards that big goal. So we've got more coming up, more questions actually here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on 95.3 MNC. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keen, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Hey, good morning, folks. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on 95.3 MNC. My name's Mike Bernard alongside Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory in the MNC studios. Thanks for being with us today. If you missed anything, go to wisemoneyradio.com. We've got all the podcasts there, as well as uh, really a lot of other resources. You can leave a question there right at wisemoneyradio.com. You can also give us a call, 574-222-2000. Submit a question that way. All right, folks, so we were just taking um, the first chunk of the show, answering a question from Larry about, hey, I've got employee benefits that I've got to select for next year. Are there good choices and bad choices? We're about to transition to a question from Elaine about actually some of the similar things, but let's recap some of the action items, the wise steps to Larry's question. Yeah, I think the the big idea here is to get engaged. You really want to understand how to integrate what your employer offers with the things that you're doing outside of work to put together a financial plan that makes sense. You want to talk to your uh, certified financial planner and say, Hey, these are my options. How do, how do I weave this in and, um, and make it work? And I would, I would encourage you if you've gotten your packet already, or, or you know, when the window is make sure you've got your appointment set with your certified financial planner and make sure you're getting the details and you're doing your research even now. Make your list of questions and, and get to work on this because it, it's something that's very easy to procrastinate. And oftentimes when you procrastinate to the very end, you just say, well, I'll just select what I selected last year and there won't be a change. So we want to encourage you to take your next right step towards your financial future. And this is a big part of it. Yeah, great, great choice. In fact, uh, well said. I just would have said wise step instead of right step. But hey, you know, potato, potato, I guess. Just kidding. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's why you're the host of the show, Mike. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, step it up. We're the rookies. <laughs> All right. Next question here. Thanks for the question, Larry. Appreciate it. I, and I, again, I think a lot of people can find themselves in your same question. So hopefully that was helpful. Next question is from Elaine. She's 59. She said, I've listened to your show and I've heard you guys talk about. Having a Roth IRA, my husband and I both work and we're saving into our 401ks. As we are hoping to retire in the next five to six years, is it too late to start putting money into a Roth IRA? Great question, Elaine. Very We've good question. faced that same question with clients in our own conference rooms. Yep. A lot of people yep. are confused. I actually, you know what, come to think of it, I got a question earlier this week from someone saying, I've got a simple IRA at my at my employer and I'm thinking about signing up, does that mean I can no longer do my Roth IRA? So great question. Yeah, yeah. Well, in a Roth IRA, you wanna know if you have this tool in your toolbox or not. And the good news for you is that 
There is no age limit on saving into a Roth IRA. There is, however, on a traditional IRA. Once you reach age 70 and a half, they cut you off. You can't keep on contributing to it, even if you're still working at that time. So the Roth IRA is a sweet deal just because it's a longer option for you to be considering. And, um, you know, the question about whether or not uh, five to six years out from retirement, if, if it's too late, I, I would encourage you to get started on it. Keep, keep this one in mind. If you and your spouse each max out the Roth IRA, that's $6,500 for each of you or $13,000 per year that you could be squirreling away into these Roth IRAs. And, you know, over the course of six years, that's $78,000 that you could have in a tax-free account where you can let it keep on growing into retirement. Maybe this becomes one of the the late retirement assets that you tap into. And in the meantime, it's growing without being uh, tapped into by the IRS. They're not going to hit you with any kind of taxes on it. It's a powerful tool. And I'd encourage you to take advantage of these remaining years to to do it. Yeah, I was just going to say that same thing, except I'd point to a couple things. Yes, there's no age limit and contributing to a Roth IRA. However, you need to have earned income. That's right. So to me, Elaine, at 59, you are young to be contributing to a Roth IRA. Typically, these are the last dollars that you're going to touch. So you're not going to touch these dollars for 25 or 30 years. So absolutely, you are still young while you guys are working, be contributing to this because odds are they're going to have a long time to grow for you. Okay, so point of clarification though, because all of our even younger listeners, someone, our 20-somethings, our 30-somethings, maybe just heard, oh, you don't really do a Roth IRA until you're right on the edge of retirement. The truth is, the longer that you let this thing go, the longer that you're contributing to it, the more powerful it is. So, um, you know, this this really is a tool for everybody, regardless of where you're at in, in your career life cycle. Yeah, a couple co- cool fu- uh, features, easy for me to say. <laughs> Futures? So, yeah, so a couple... Cool features about the Roth IRA, though, is that um, the money that you put in, if you needed it back tomorrow, you could get it back. Other retirement plans don't work like that. Right. And there's a just think there's a five-year clock, so you want to have uh, a Roth IRA open for five years, and there's more to it than that, but just think along those lines. Elaine, I would tell you, when you think of a Roth IRA, again, and we've said it before, that your 24-karat gold Cadillac, two ways to get money in. You can contribute or you can convert. And there's really two ways to contribute. One's the front door, one's the back door. So there's a lot of different things to consider when you look at a Roth IRA. It's a, it's a very simple concept, but you, you certainly are likely going to want some professional advice as you're setting it up and, and figuring out how to do it. And we've kind of jumped right in here, but for those of you who are a little lost, I think that'd be easy to do, listening to our dialogue right here, because we... we took it up a notch pretty quickly, but the Roth IRA contribution is it's after-tax money going in and it's growing tax-deferred, tax-free for you. So that's why it's such a big deal because where do you see tax rates going in the future? Uh, where do you see the country's debt going in the future? <clears throat> that might indicate where taxes are going. And so this money would be completely tax-sheltered, tax, tax-free, if you will. So... So great question. I love the Roth. I don't think there's any timeline on it. I think it's extremely important for that 21-year-old who's just getting their first job. Absolutely. I think it's extremely valuable if you're in the in the countdown right before retirement as well. It, it's a very versatile tool that I think really just about everyone should have. So, you bet. Great question, Elaine. All right, Amy. 
Amy's question is next. We've had this one in the docket for a while, and I'm excited that we're finally able to get to it. And and just in an as, aside, folks, we do get uh, lots of questions. We want your questions. Uh, sometimes we're not able to answer them and address them on the very next show. So thanks for your patience, but keep sending them to us. So Amy asked the age-old question, why is leasing a car considered such a bad idea? I don't see what the big issue is because it's a smaller monthly payment than buying and I can get a new car more frequently. What's so bad about that? It's a good question. I mean, leasing a vehicle has a stigma, right? A reputation, uh, kind of, well, that you shouldn't do that, at least in the financial world. But she poses a couple pros, right? Yep. You know, my concern about leasing just boils down to the simple fact that you are driving the most expensive years or the most expensive miles on that car's life, right? The, the moment you drive it off the vehicle, it starts depreciating in value. Off, off the lot? Off the, what did I say? Off the vehicle. That's oh. okay. That'd be hard to do, but. <laughs> well, I, if anybody oh could do it, I could. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Josh, oh my goodness. Josh has wrecked or caused maintenance on every car. No, the, the real story is many cars fail me. That's the issue. Uh, I am the victim here, right? You flipped. Anyway. All right. We're going to recover from this. <laughs> So you drive it off the lot and it immediately starts plummeting in value. But right? that could also be the argument too, well, then I should be quote unquote renting the car. But, but, but so that I don't want to own it because as soon as I drive, if I were to buy it with cash outright and own it, as soon as I drive it off the lot, it would lose value. But, but my argument about against rent or against leasing is because it's really just renting. I mean, you're just in perpetually in a car payment where you're always going to be paying someone else. Uh, to to be able to have the ability to drive. I like the idea of saving up money, paying cash for a vehicle, and then saving up money again, and being an owner instead of a renter. Because as a renter, you're just never going to get rid of that payment. Yeah, Amy, I would go back to the idea that a, a car lease is a tool. It's a way to get transportation. Now, we're told by the year 2030, no one's going to own a car that it, there will be a pool of self-driving cars that we'll all be sharing. Uh, it's interesting to think about and consider. So if you look at that, most of the people that are going to tell you leasing a car is a horrible idea, they're coming at you from a pricing standpoint. It's the most expensive. And if you said, hey, money isn't an issue here at all, I, I just don't want to drive something that I would have a, the risk that it would break down uh, or have safety features, then, then you might consider at least. So it's it's an it's an option. It's a tool. I personally like saving up and buying, but yep. yeah. So okay, folks, thanks for listening uh, to Wise Money again today. If you miss anything, go to Wise Money Radio, uh, either on Facebook or WiseMoneyRadio.com. On behalf of Joshua Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, and myself, the rest of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next week on Wise Money with Corhorn Finance Group, ninety-five-three MNC. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.